0: Baku to bat. Going to bat for Baku, but the other way around.
1: This week on Air Fuel Spark, we're talking all about Baku, the new sprint race format, and why we think it's, well, less than optimal. Let's get it started.
0: Wow, we're back again back again now you said don't bring this up but i will i dropped the ball a bit and you're supposed to do sort of uh whatever happened to part two i just have notes on the sprint race because it was that enthralling <laughs> that enthralling and i have feelings on it i think we both do at this point we do we do it's gotta go I forgot my laptop, too, so I'm, I'm on, on the phone. I'm a shambles today. But, uh, yeah, so how are you? How's things been? Uh, doing well. Same old, same old. How are yeah. you doing? Oh, just, you know, braving 76 to get here as usual. Oh, yeah, always a fun time. I went for a brief errand last week on my lunch break to go up to Plymouth Meeting, I think. Oh, yeah. And right before that happened, there was a massive crash. Hope everyone's okay. That's the most important part. But uh, it shut down 76. Life. So I had to get off at, uh, you know, it's like... Three miles before and back roads, and yep. it was a whole thing. 76 is uh, awful for those life, who don't know. Yeah, taxes and traffic on 76 traffic are 76. the four guarantees in life. Even today, well, it's raining today, so everyone freaks out in the rain and oh they can't God. drive. No, not at all. Talking Do- of driving, <laughs> this is a car podcast. <laughs> last I checked. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. Oh, so since the last time I recorded, I'll just catch you up on this real quick. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, last time we were chatting and stuff, I was sending the uh, the 911 down to North Carolina for some yep. tweaking and tuning before it goes up for sale. So, yeah, car went on dyno, did 272 horsepower at the wheels. Healthy. And a very healthy and a, a very solid torque shell. So, I mean, for a street car, that's mm-hmm. even better. I think it put, like, 240 at the wheels torque-wise, which is not crazy number, but, I mean, it comes on somewhere in, like, the 3 to 4K range. It's a good case. amount of
0: shove. It's mid-range, too, for a it's car that's light. Yeah,
1: So... Absolutely. So, yeah. Super thrilled with that. Yeah. My, my guess was in the 250 to 260 range. And uh, my buddy who tuned it, he was like, nah. Was like, yeah, my guess is like 270 to 280. Had it right. Nailed it. Yeah. The, Absolutely nailed it. The so.
0: folks who do the tuning are generally more spot on. Yeah. yeah. Generally.
1: He's, he also has a 3.6 in his car and he's gone through, I think, a few iterations
0: of that motor. So, yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows. He so, knows by the butt dyno. 3.6 soothsayer yes, for today's tongue twister. Yeah. Um, so, and also, in my case, I am. Like ninety percent done with uh, making a very short, incomplete short film about that car, which uh, we filmed back in the fall, fall-ish. Um, I had plans to do more, but then you know the car had some issues. Yes. And then other cars had issues, so you know we uh, we didn't quite get to film with that thing as much as we wanted to. But uh, it will be a fun little short film. It'll be. I can cross post on here and on my uh, on my YouTube channel, yeah, so yeah, I'll I'll what put the word out when it's up. I look forward to checking it out and stuff. And um, Sweet. yeah, you know, with the next car. Next car, we'll do some. On do to some. the next. On to the next one.
1: Speaking of on to the next, let's talk about this excellent
0: dumpster segue. fire of a... You're getting better at this. Formula One weekend. I, well, I wouldn't call it a dumpster no, fire. I would just fire. call it a failed experiment uh, or rather a failed new version of an ongoing experiment that they're doing um, because of all the new fans and they want to keep people entertained insert mean from from the Gladiator, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I'll go in and just say right off the bat that if it didn't work at Baku, it won't work anywhere. I agree. And so one of the interesting things that I
1: did find about this weekend is we rewind a little bit to i think it was the last episode we were talking about sprint races Hmm. a little bit and we talked about that idea of um you know not being as aggressive in the sprint race because there's more to throw away on sunday yep um so i think what this what the revised format did this weekend is it did eliminate a little bit of that and i think we saw a little bit more aggression in the sprint race because Mm -hmm. it was more of a um more of an isolated event or isolated yeah. part of the weekend because mm-hmm. you had your sprint shootout and then the sprint race and sprint race had no, you know, no impact at all on the grid. So there was a little bit more of that aggressiveness, but, um, overall I, it, it was too, I think it was just a little bit too much. There was yeah, it's just a lot going on.
0: You know, it did follow a bit more closely. The uh, outline of the, of the F2 weekend where they qualify once and they have a semi-reverse grid for the sprint. Than they have the full race, but you're right. I think the fact that these were separate events now, I guess it was, it was more streamlined, but my issue with it is that like, I just wasn't excited by the sprint race because I knew that there was less at stake right? and there really wasn't any time. I mean, even though we did see some more aggression, there was no time for the race long plot lines, shall we say, to develop. So, like, someone saves tires. Like like Alonso at the end of the race today, you know, he was four seconds behind Leclerc in the middle. And then towards the end, he closed right up. Right. And, you know, you don't have kind of time to set up those events. So, and then when the sprint race ended, for lack of a better, I guess, technical or psychological term, I just wasn't excited by it. No. I was just like, all right. Like, that was a short race and, you laps. know. 17 laps.
1: What's going to happen in 17 laps? Well,
0: well, that's why I said Baku, because, I mean, Baku has uh, a huge penchant for throwing wrenches in the works. Uh, we've seen it almost there, and uh, granted, the Grand Prix today wasn't super exciting, so it's kind of the outlier. But I feel like every Baku race we've had has had some kind of interesting thing. You have 21, where Lewis locks up on that last slab restart. Yep, You had Vettel. um hitting Lewis Hamilton back in 2017 or 18 because they thought he was brake checked. You had Max and, and Danny Rick a few yeah. years ago yeah. um,
1: running into each other. I mean, even last year, you had Charles leading the race and yeah. engine goes boom. And then Carlos's engine goes boom. So you had the double yeah. Ferrari DNF. But yeah, something always happens. I had a note written down specifically um, for back for, for Baku. Um, um, the walls don't give a shit.
0: No. The walls are very impartial. Especially that
1: first one. And if, if you look at... It actually juts out toward the curb yeah. at one point. And yeah, stuff. so you saw so many guys. I was just waiting lap after lap and stuff, especially when they kick the back end out a little bit. I'm waiting for that last little touch. And I know Checo uh, tapped the wall. I think it was turn 15 there, coming down to that last uh last heavy left hand there and stuff. And he, he said it himself. He's like, I was very lucky not to <laughs> do more damage. Than that. Yeah.
0: Have you played that track a lot in the game? I have, and it's actually a favorite of mine. It's me too. It's so much fun.
1: Yeah, tiptoeing through that castle section, just yeah. like every time is just like a pucker moment. And you're just like, i got going to make it. you got to time it
0: absolutely yeah. perfectly. And I can't imagine doing it in a real car. To be oh, no, no, <laughs> so no, no. So much respect for these guys. You know, it's that track and it's Monaco for me where I have a habit of, I don't hit the front wheel off the wall. I hit the rear wheel off the wall, then I loop it. You're right. So, that happens to me more often than not uh, in the game. And F2 cars are fun on that track, too. Yeah. Uh, Talking of F2. F2 was a great time, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, I'm just on my notes here on my phone. I'm getting older, and the text is very small. I might need glasses soon. Um, One takeaway I had also is, like, I'm not sure if people will – so, some, like, it's like TV stations, they have ad revenue and so they rely a lot on people watching these these things live. Right. How much is too much to where they actually begin to not want to show it because people are probably DVRing it because there's, I mean, people have plans on weekends. Mm-hmm. I mean, not me, I just watch racing. But other people who, you know, do stuff, I'm, I'm kidding, I do stuff outside of racing. Um, I, you know, it, it, there's like ad revenue and there's just, I don't know, I think also it's more expensive and the fact that you have 23 races this year right and you know if this becomes more prevalent then you have these guys traveling so much for 23 races and they're setting up the cars for multiple races a weekend and i think it's too much i think it's just there i mean it's obviously there for the sake of entertainment and that to me is just not worth it. I just want to see a classic race weekend. I'm sorry if it makes me sound old and stodgy, but I just don't. I just don't like it. The curmudgeon of Formula One over here. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I end, then so is Max. That's very true.
1: Yeah, Max came out and said, um, just overall, he's a scrap it. Just scrap. Yeah, it of, scrap this whole entire format and stuff. I mean, if anything, go back to to the previous sprint format. But I. Don't, so one thing I you brought up a point about um, about how there's not much up for grabs and like the, the sprint, you know, day in and of itself, is called this, you know, Saturday is your sprint day. Um, you know, and especially this early in the season, but it made me think like, what if you adjusted, maybe one idea is to adjust the schedule. So you have your sprint races toward the end of the season. Like what if you kind of backloaded them where there was maybe a little bit more for grabs so that, that eight points on Saturday, maybe had a little bit more of an impact on the championship. Cause right at this point in the season, like we're four races in and I don't know, no one's going to be pushing it that hard for, for six or eight points. I mean, when there's so yeah. many left to grab, but I I, it's just a thought, like if you made it later in the season and stuff, and even if you went back to the other, you know, sprint race format and stuff, but those extra points up for grabs when you need them the most, when things are a little bit
0: more solidified, um in the championship could be that's could be what you would see more frantic yeah that that makes uh, that's a uh, cool idea i think the problem with that is like which tracks are going to be used for it yeah you know obviously off the top of my head i should know this being that we have an f1 theme podcast but i don't know you know the sequence of the last race i think we have brazil is still towards the end of this year you have
1: brazil uh brazil austin um and mexico Brazil, Austin, Mexico,
0: um Abu Dhabi. And Abu Dhabi. I think round out the end of the the, um, the schedule. So yeah, the changes. So theoretically, I mean, those tracks aren't the worst for overtaking. I think we had yeah. a sprint. Did we had a sprint in Brazil last year. I, th- I think we did. We had a sprint in Brazil for the last two years. Yeah, and they've we actually did. been mm-hmm. friggin' bangers. They were good. Yeah, they uh, were, they were
1: good. good. So I remember two years. So twenty-one was when um, Lewis was, I believe, sent to the back of the sprint race grid. Right. Um, yes. And made his way through the field. I can't remember exactly if it was that and then he was hit with I think another he had to serve another penalty in the actual race, but then coming through he won that one. So that was that was a really good one. And then last year also, I mean you had Russell um winning the winning I think I believe the sprint and um and the Grand Prix. And the so, race. Yeah, right. it was where you know Mercedes finally finally broke clicked. through. Yeah, something clicked there. So I mean Brazil I think has shown to be a really good um, venue for it. Yeah. And stuff. But yeah, I mean, some of the other tracks, I don't, I don't know. Coda may be a little bit weird for it. I don't.
0: Coda, I don't know, because there you had that long back straight, you do, um, and the front straight. Uh, so, but I think overall, I'm just not into it. And I think that um, they gave it a shot. Look, I'm always down for an experiment or two here and there. But I just feel like the classic race weekend just it has a natural rhythm mm-hmm. that a I'm used to. So it could be that. But also, I just feel like it makes sense. Like you have. A good hour or so Saturday morning of just qualifying, which in itself is—I is, 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 mean—the current quality format is perfect, right? Um, and so you have an hour of that on Saturday, and the race on Sunday. So I just—I don't see this working out long term, especially if we keep these—you know—twenty-plus race seasons. Well, and so
1: and Max even said, I think in his quote, he was like, it's too much it was too much qualifying. He's like, we're going to qualify, and then we go qualifying again, and then we go race, and then we go another race. Yeah. And I mean, so especially the qualifying format, the sprint shootout, the qualifying format for the sprint race um, was just a, sh- a shortened Q1, Q2, Q3. I'm like, if you guys are going to do a quali for, for a sprint race, switch it up. Go back to, like we were talking about last time, go back to the, the free-for-all. You know, you have yeah. 30 minutes. Oh, that'd be sweet. Just madness. have Just on-track madness and stuff. Um, yeah. So Funk- like if you're, if you're going to go for it, go for it.
0: Yeah. Just go all in. You know, and talking of all in, uh, Max kind of went all in on Mr. George Russell, who we just discussed.
1: Yeah, he ripped He ripped <laughs> yeah. him a, an asshole wider than the... Uh, <laughs> wider than his what? side, what side pod. What was that comparison? <laughs> he
0: ripped him an asshole wider than the, <laughs> the hole in his side pod that George oh, ripped him. It's an improv podcast now. I like that. <laughs> but no that was that was ridiculous man it was a little much and i will say that i and and the reason why i link these two thoughts is because i think that he sort of felt the pressure from perez who goes so well at baku king of the streets baby king of the streets and this is actually my next point on here is that like perez has a car that uh he can sort of share with max and that that it's not really swinging towards max for him it's sort of met in the middle it's really fast, yeah. but they can both drive it well. Like we saw it in 21, and I guess 22, to us to like a, a, a similar extent, that he perhaps wasn't quite as up to the car that that, that Max was, right? Uh, and certainly, I don't think that he has that extra one to two percent that Rosberg had in 16 to, to beat Lewis. But I think that he's pretty dang close, and he has a car that he can really. Uh, No pun intended. Get to grips with and really be fasted. Yes, yeah, Um, absolutely. So I think that could explain why Max was so heated. But I guess he knew. He knew. And look, I mean, it wasn't the cleanest move from George, but it was a valid move. It was valid, salad You know, I watched it over and over again, trying to see,
1: you know, who was ahead at the apex. And and listen, what what I said to you is door was open. the, The door was open. And once again, you know, we think back to the famous and a quote of, you know, when you no longer go for the gap. If if gap, car. If, if gap, car. Put car <laughs> in gap. Um, but no, I mean, listen, neither of them ended up in the wall, which especially no. on a track like that yeah. um, means that there was enough room left by both drivers. And so granted, you know, George may have put his wheel into Max's side pod. Damage um, was unfortunate, but. Damage was unfortunate. And that's just what's going to happen with these kind of cars. The but move worked. He, the move worked. Neither of them were in the wall. Max ended up getting the position back later. Um, and listen, like, we've seen George, you know, called out before for potentially aggressive moves. You know, I think back to Kota last year when he's And not owning son, it. And not owning <laughs> it. So, I get that angle of it, but Max really just ripped into him. And I think <laughs> to a point where it maybe got a little bit unnecessary. Like, this is a yeah. racing incident.
0: And uh, Max would accuse Lewis of this multiple times back in 21. So... Right. racing is a cycle times a flat circle all of that what goes around comes around yeah, absolutely you know um but i think russell owned it and he was like yeah it happened like you know he it's just one of. it's racing You know, rubbing is racing yeah he was like listen i had no grip and max
1: was like yeah dude none of us had any grip but uh max still shoved the nose down there you know yeah. and, and didn't held his line through the corner mm-hmm. and stuff so yeah grip
0: or no grip i mean they're also, both it's baku baby it's baku that's what happens in Baku. King of the Shit's streets. Crazy. King of in the streets in Baku. I mean, uh, it's it's just it's, it's that kind of racetrack to where it's uh, it's just it, it's not necessarily dangerous, but like you know, it's it's a, it's a walled street circuit, so it's going to happen, and it's also the highest speed. Mm-hmm. I love that long straight, and so uh, things are going to happen, like the F2 crash. Which did you see that? I
1: I saw the replays.
0: The of it. replay, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, that was pretty well. Those was gnarly. The end. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was F2 this year has been pretty good. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for a different episode, perhaps for next one. I'm not sure. Uh, but, um, just going down like my list of notes here and reactions to the race weekend, we've already covered the sprint. Um, I just really think that Ha still has a lot to work on with their pit stops. I'm talking, of course, about Nico Ulkenberg, um, just, you know, not pitting at all, which worked until it didn't. Uh, it reminds me of last year in Australia when Albon held on for a long time, pitted, and still got P ten. Worked for him. I forget exactly how that happened. His but was his was kind of the reverse though. He pitted really early. Albon uh, did last I think, year in, I in think, Australia.
1: Yeah, I thought Albon pitted really early and then just drove, uh, just drove the heck out of like hard tires for like mm. fifty laps. I thought, I thought it was like a. a lap like two or three pit stop. I got to double check that. You may be right, but I, no, I thought that's what it was. And then he just, he just drove. So he made his mandatory pit stop. But to your point, what, like, why would you wait? You know, at that point you wait so long into the race to make your mandatory stop.
0: Well, they played radio and it was lap 47 of 51. And, it, and, you know, on the radio, they're like, we're waiting for a safety car, red flag with like two laps to go. Like what's a hoss going to do over two laps, barring a miracle. Which can happen in an F1.
1: Even if they slap fresh tires on it. I mean, Yeah.
0: I mean, they, they don't have... A, crucially, they don't have a good straight-line car. So no. I don't know what they could have done to make it work. Um, perhaps, you know, it's me being annoyed that I swapped him for Logan Sargent in my fantasy team. But let's not get into that. Oh. I, have, I, I, I haven't checked yet. <laughs> I haven't checked yet, and I don't want to. I, uh. There
1: hasn't been a ton of movement, to be honest with you, after this no. week. Because I think everyone had kind of similar ideas and stuff everyone's just going in on the on the red bull Aston train oh yeah point. for <laughs> sure and
0: i think now i mean I, I, I could have used like my um one of those like super boost chips because that, that's when you should use them as a sprint weekend right because especially with a car that like a red bull where it's just free and clear of the field that's an obvious move their top speed is really something else like just watching them
1: even without drs in those first few laps yeah when when um they didn't need
0: it They didn't even need,
1: you're right, they didn't need the DRS. The toe and the straight line speed of that car is just fucking bonkers. They're so
0: quick. I think George Russell said after the race that, like, they could take their rear wing off the Mercedes and they would, like, only still barely outpace the Red Bull. And that's not even, like, like, the data shows that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it, what it is.
1: I mean... I saw a, a graphic the other day. It was funny of Adrian Newey designed cars that have won the championship. And I think there was like ten or eleven cars on there. and Yeah, stuff. he dude knows what
0: he's doing for sure. And I think that uh, well, he, he wanted to go into like boat designs for a while. I think, yeah, yeah thank but he didn't. I can only imagine what they're paying him to. It's just because like he he. Uh, he he wasn't burned out as far as I'm aware. He just wanted to try something new. Right. But then within a year, they sort of coaxed him back. And dude's got some coins. He can shop at the higher-end stores for a while, I'd say. Yeah, he's doing
1: okay. He himself. Buy himself as long a nice, as he keeps designing these fucking rocket ships, he's good.
0: Probably afford a nice Patek Philippe, perhaps. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, but, I mean, this, those cars are just... To your point, I mean, are we... I do start to wonder if we're going to see a little bit of a repeat of Sixteen, where uh, mm. there's no one that can touch these cars. I you mean, know, touch the Red Bulls, except it's gonna be a, a Sergio versus Max
0: for sure. Although I battle. will say, uh, hmm? yeah, okay, sorry. No, yep.
1: I was. I, it's um, you know, are you gonna see those two really going wheel to wheel for an extended period of time? You know, or is it just kind of in the early season here? Mm. It's close, and then Max is just gonna
0: run away with things. I don't know. We'll see. I was waiting for a race between them today because. Checo is at that stage and he's he's said as much where he's not going to just roll over. No. And I mean last year he already didn't. And they I think it's fairly obvious in Monaco last year he sort of spun to influence the results because yep. it was you you don't, you don't spin there. No. That's the corner before the tunnel. I forget what it's called, but it's like you don't and it, like he actually just like it's like there was some sort of like feedback and where it's like he hit the gas a bit too quick. There was something obvious that he did. To make that happen. It's right. Like, okay. it's, a lo- it's a fairly low speed corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but talking of no one touching the Red Bull, have a great stat today from Sean Kelly. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Oh, yes. Uh, met him. Great guy. Um, Charles Leclerc has now failed to convert any of his last eight pole positions into a win. The longest since Nelson Piquet's 10 in a row from 84 to 87. Wow. The good news for Leclerc is that PK won the title in the year the streak finally ended. So if Leclerc <laughs> wins a race this year, I mean, Bob's your uncle. There, there you go. Leclerc twenty three. Looking for ways to break the break the Bahrain curse and just find any reason for Leclerc to be a champion. Hey, stranger thing. Well, that's actually a bit too strange. But stranger things have happened. If a cloud shields <laughs> the seventh curb on the third corner
1: of Catalonia, yeah, if the shadows align right. The shadows align right, and the moon <laughs> appears in the third star of Jupiter. Some Charlotte kind of will <laughs> Some cave opens up in Egypt. I don't know what it takes. I feel for the guy. I saw another rumor mill sp- spinning this week that he's in talks with uh, Mercedes. So, and of course, <laughs> of
0: course, he's like, no, no, I'm not. But it's
1: like, eh, are, are you not though? Like, I mean, he come needs on, to be done because he's done. His his contract is up after I think next season already. Twenty four. Yeah, him and Carlos are both signed through twenty four. So,
0: okay, we get back to you. Yes.
1: Question: Are you staying with team? <laughs> no, we are checking, but etc. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I mean, he looked his. What amazed me? His one lap pace. Around well, that yeah, circuit, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. killer. I mean, he's he's such a good qualifier. He, he is, is, and he likes that track too. He likes that track, but I mean, yeah. to your to Sean Kelly's statistic, um yeah. I mean, and they, that happened last year, obviously. Yeah, he the, did it many times for various reasons. Some, I mean, when you think about it today. Ferrari actually did not.
0: This one up, Oh. No. There's just no. nothing they no. could do. No, absolutely of course nothing. Not. I mean, he didn't defend for, for, from either Max or Cheka. There's no, no point. point. Not with, not with the way those Ferraris eat up tires. I mean, their tire deck it's like is a just bullet coming at you. Can't crap. fight that. I mean, yeah. and granted,
1: if there was probably five laps left of that race, um Alonso probably would have caught him.
0: He was closing oh. in so quickly. I mean, he, he closed him this. in like t- like five laps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think another.
1: Maybe, maybe he didn't even need five laps. Maybe two laps, two or yeah, three laps. He could have pushed wicked.
0: earlier, but it is
1: what it is now. P four right. is not bad. No, he broke his podium streak. But um, uh, I was wondering for a minute there early on if uh, you know if my my prophecy was going to come true
0: of Aston having a performance drop off. But I don't think so. I think they're still no. They have a good all around car. I think they don't have that. I think their main weakness is straight line speed. I think I'd have to double check that, but I think those I think someone high up mentioned that like the sh- their straight line speed could be better. Right. Um, but I don't know. I think they have oh, a great car and that's I, the I entire think, fields
1: issue when yeah, you think about <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> compared to Red Bull. So maybe it's not a top top speed issue. Maybe it's just uh Red Bull is just really another league and everyone else yeah. is just fast.
0: And it totally confirms how people say that that they have great tire management. I mean they because do. Just looking at Alonzo last ten laps conserved obviously for a bit and then just chomped that gap through so that
1: team works really well together also like there's a lot of um i don't know if you saw some of those so save you know stroll bump bumping alonzo in the first race but if you were listening to some of those radio things today you mean yeah yeah today where alonzo was like oh you know um tell stroll the the break balance yeah you know
0: suggestion or whatever and stuff it's just interesting to hear them working it is cool you know and the fact that i think you know um there's, there's for sure been discussions behind the scenes about, oh, yeah. like, not necessarily, like, driver preferences, but, like, if X, then Y, and that's it. Well, you heard so, Stroll get on the radio today and say, you know, I'm not going to attack Alonzo.
1: Yeah. So they knew, you know, their their race was with someone else. Or, right. You know, there there was a larger, um, you know, there was a larger task at hand and stuff. And Alonzo yeah. came back and says, well,
0: he can give it a shot if he wants. Which yeah. Like, I he would, can go for it, but I'll, I'll get him I again. He poke, didn't say that. I would not poke the bear. No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, anger that particular person. Which no, is definitely a, not. The <laughs> way of saying just don't do it. You know.
1: No. Um, I, I hope we see an Aston win this season, and I hope it's Fernando.
0: Yeah, me too. I, you know, I think uh, he's obviously well overdue for a good car. It's of his own doing, but right. I think that uh, you know it, it would be just great for the sport to see. Because I keep telling my friends who. Began following the sport after DTS, like you really haven't seen a lot of what this guy can really do. We saw him doing things in the Alpine that were impressive. Hungary twenty one, yeah, it was the first thing that came to mind. He yeah, defending Lewis for God knows how many laps. Yeah, I told my friends this this is the guy that we that you've been missing, and uh, that we've all been missing. Um, so we, he finally has a great card. I think if I had to guess, Monaco is a good shot interesting yeah because they have a car that works well i think again it's a great package overall um we haven't know, seen it on like super high downforce yet we haven't had them on any tracks at this point yet i don't think
1: no but i think to your point i mean monaco especially um is a track that obviously top top speed and straight line speed is not you know is not of the most importance yes yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. right so you're talking about high downforce track. yeah so that could be interesting and stuff where maybe Red Bull's advantage
0: is cut just a little bit. A little bit. There. We'll see. Yeah. But also, you know, it's, it's the track where if one little aberration occurs in qualifying, that's all, it's almost all you need. I mean, you have to actually, of course, focus and drive a good race. Right. But if you are an Alonso, for example, that's all you would need is a little bit of a gap, so to speak. Um, and then you can, you know, take and, and convert to a win. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, my last takeaway from today's race was the, I guess it was the FIA. I'm not sure who allowed this, but they forgot that the race was still happening, and they are letting photographers down in the pit lane oh, on last the last lap. Stop. And Ocon comes God. barreling in, and we almost saw something very unfortunate. Now, I was watching the F1 TV commentary, and they didn't pick up on this until it was shown. But I think Ted Kravitz was, like, freaking out because he was saying, like, hey, this is a race on. Yeah. And there's people in the pit lane, which is just that's unacceptable to me. Yeah, it was uh, that was ridiculous. I mean, it's it just unnecessary, to, uh, totally. And it just speaks to like a lot of this ongoing inconsistency and like things falling through the cracks. Like they had that one issue in I think it was Jeddah, where they couldn't locate Stroll even though he was stopped on track somewhere. Where'd he go? So they didn't know where to throw the flag. So it's like it's just these little gaps that are seeping in, which I hope don't become. One, another, you know, ongoing issue along with the inconsistencies that we have in the FIA in general with these calls and with the stewards, but I, that's, I do, I, that just made my blood boil seeing that. Yeah, it was, it was reckless. It was a little bit reckless. It was
1: just, it was sloppy, you know, it was, it yeah. was, um, it's not even race calling. It was just
0: sloppy uh, organization. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. and it's not something that we're probably going to see, you know, on the replace because they want to hide that. You know, they'll, quote unquote, learn from it. Um, oh, it was very much glossed over in the moment. Yeah. And so, and then you call it after a fact, and was like, oh God, yeah. why? Just not just, just not good. Anyway, that's that's my notes from the weekend. Uh, just to summarize, you know, sprint race, not into it. No. Uh, go back to the way it was. It's the best. It's, that's why it works. Natural rhythm and flow to it. Yep. Max, Agreed. Angry Haas, Pit Stops, and Leclerc and people in the pit lane
1: race is boring overall. That was yeah, my only note I had.
0: Was just, it was generally boring aside from a
1: rare, quote-unquote, rare Red Bull strategy. Yeah. Mess that, up. If I you think even it was want, happenstance. that right, was just, if you want to even call it that. I mean, yeah. it, it had no impact
0: on... No.
1: Well, actually, well, I'm not going to say it had no impact on the final, final race. Checo did catch a break with the safety car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Max pitting right before that.
0: But... Even then, still, Max had a whole race to catch him and could not do it. Well, yeah, I got him at the end a little bit, but yeah, he just—I mm-hmm. think maybe he just didn't quite. This—that's kind of thing we're like this year, where if Checo is on it and you know Max isn't doesn't have the car exactly how he wants it, mm-hmm. that could be all the difference they need. So we'll see. You know, yeah, um, yeah I, I find myself like looking more at the timing on the left hand side of the screen a lot and just watching times and watching yes, people same. like drop down and up. So I like. Yep. I like to watch how these things even if even if it's like a more conventional race, I like to see how these things sort of over the course of a race like what the trends are coming out of it. So I'll sometimes have like the uh, the timing and the track map on a second screen because it helps understand where things are. It's yep. fun to help spruce things up, but not always. But yeah, today was a rare sort of conventional rock uh, Raku race for Baku. A Raku. I like Raku. that. Raku. Yeah, like the, that like now. that one failed Williams sponsor. No, that's Rocket. Never mind. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so you sent me that clip earlier uh, earlier in the week of Botas in a yeah, Williams at Baku setting. I think it was the fastest. Fastest top speed of an F1 car. Yeah. I don't have the number off the top of my head. I think I was it was about
1: 236.
0: Something like 235, 236 miles an hour, 300 and I don't know. I was I was more impressed by hearing that engine like rev to almost the sixteen thousand RPM limit. Yeah, you can he- you can just hear the rod bolts crying. I, I think it was I think it was kind of a mistake for them to limit the fuel flow to like the twelve K area because yeah. those things do sound good if they can rev up that high, but right. they just don't. I guess the the fuel map sort of tops off at twelve thousand, so there's no point to rev higher unless, of course, they have that kind of situation, but. Yeah um i don't know maybe for 2026 we'll have that who knows Yeah, with new engine regulations but um yeah
1: no i mean I, i'm still looking forward to miami next week actually i think for all intents and purposes it yeah. could be could be interesting we'll see i mean it's not it's not quite a street circuit no, but it's, it's not a parking lot circuit it's a parking lot circuit um it's so a be, very
0: indie car kind of track actually
1: it is it is very indie car-esque yeah. um but I'll be I'll be curious to see how folks are looking next you know next week because I remember last year you know kind of same same issue as this week where Leclerc really really quick over one one lap mm-hmm. um, and in the race same thing you have that that you know really long back straight as well leading into that final hairpin yeah um, where I'm sure you're gonna see whoever's ahead of a Red Bull is not gonna be ahead of a Red Bull for very long where they're gonna just and they're
0: not gonna fight too hard well they're not gonna fight Alonso might but
1: oh yeah so <laughs> I'll be curious to see how um, how it shakes out and how that you know what that track yeah who who that track
0: suits better and stuff we'll sure. see Lovely. I am excited let's do it yeah is it Saturday yet oh, almost we're almost. getting there we got another week to go well let's pivot <laughs> <laughs> we had we had to pause and Mike said that I have good segues but I just chose to just announce it um, so we're now Baku to Bat Baku <laughs> to Bat <laughs> Going to bat for Baku, but the other way around. Tim, uh, tell me what am I'm looking, looking at You're right looking now? at the coolest 90s villain car ever, uh, which is overused to call a car a villain car, but I'm sorry, fight me. This is not not you, but everyone else out there, fight me. This is the coolest uh, villain car. Uh, this belongs in, like, uh, Remington Steel. This is a 1991 Jaguar Arden AJ6 2 plus 2 Coupe V12. Six-liter V12. Six-liter oh, V12. Probably broken a lot, but that makes it more interesting when it's more fleeting, you know? Uh, it's, but once again, what is this? What shit? is this <laughs> choice? So, admittedly, I didn't go too in-depth on this, but effectively, I think Arden is like a third-party. It's sort of like a, I don't know, like a Gumbala jambala or, a, or roof a roof S- for a Porsche. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a tuning shop in... right. Yeah, Something so like it's it, it's essentially it's a ja- it's a Jaguar XJS from that time period that was has like a uh, different bodywork. work. Uh, I believe some engine tuning it has oh yeah, an ardent exhaust system. Uh, and it's, uh, some tweaks to the interior as well. Effectively it's like a spruced up uh, XJS in the period it's, and it's so squared off. It's so mean looking, I like it. Yeah, it's squared off but also angular in just the right places. And it's it's black too, so it's a perfect villain car. For me it's the if you go up it's like the the scalloped headlights. hmm God, I love that. It's so cool. Um and it's got nice t- 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 interiors. So essentially it's this big, huge uh Jaguar Coupe from the '90s, but it could easily fit four people because it's oh, massive. Yeah. It's a boat. um It's offered for sale in Berlin, Germany. So unfortunately, I could not. Well, I'm sure if I did bid, I'd have to pay for the the shipping. But uh, it only got bid to thirty seven thousand dollars. I would have paid that, and maybe then something. I would have paid like that, six liter uh, V12. Once again, though, what I highlighted. Driven by a four-speed, a four-speed up. Well, it was in the nineties, you know. It's, yeah. And plus, like, it's not like a track car. You know, you buy it to just cruise around in and be menacing and like, you know, try to like, you know, scare. I don't know. Challenge store accepted. owners. <laughs> Look at the bolsters on the seats. That is yeah. that looks. It's got some that's support good, there. That's, I that's I don't know. Bolster. It looks
1: like it could be fun to toss around or at least on a skid pad. Take this thing out on a skid pad and just Oof. fishtail
0: the crap yeah, out of it. Fishtailing V12 boat. I love it. Yeah. Not a fan of that wheel, but again, it was in the nineties. Um so I I wouldn't pay much more for this only because this is like this is like buying a bill effectively because it yes. is a Jaguar from the 90s ultimately yeah. so it's going to in the fact it's going to break There's going to be things that go wampus on it. um so and also you have to pay to import it and at this point that would easily qualify for the sh- the show uh, title at this point yeah. right yeah. so you wouldn't have any problem driving it around but yeah, it would be a lot to make, especially with the one-off pieces, because yeah. you there's, you cannot find them anymore. So, I don't know, maybe if I really wanted it, I would bid to about $40. Um, i would be curious to know what the reserve was, but obviously they're not going to tell yeah, us same, that. Yeah, same, same, I don't know. It's just pretty, man. It's just, it's such a gorgeous car, and it's, uh, I mean, that car, even in its, in its base form, is pretty, but that just, I think, it has just enough different, it's just enough spice to make it not overdone. It's very understated, but also, like, it's mean, but also very quiet and cool. You know? Yeah. Like, don't fuck with me to stop, like, saying, exactly. I'll burn you in my 90s. It's just a, a the V. The original Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> a six liter V12 with an exhaust. I would love to hear that. Yeah. And I, it doesn't, they don't even state what the power numbers were, but I'm sure, now, you know. It's enough. It's a big V12. I mean, you're probably making somewhere in the three to 400 range, is my guess. Yeah, you wouldn't need, like, you know, a ton of extra power. Because, uh, I mean, for one, it would probably grenade if you put more power onto yeah. it. But yeah, it's got new spark plugs, filters, and fluids. So yeah, if you maintain that thing, if you're willing to, you know, pay for the, it would be a great cars and coffee car. It would. I don't know if you I'd know. take it on a long distance rally. I don't know. I don't know if I'd. I'd chance that but i mean uh, you know it'd be a good thing for youtube to film it and show yeah. it and all the breakdowns you have in the middle of nowhere it reminds me a little bit of like just the body kit reminds you of something you might see in
1: um like british touring car of the day oh you know, yeah like you could take this uh you know put a cage in strip it out and yeah put some livery and just go rock this thing it's got the front splitter on there
0: too yeah it's low you know it's low it's low got big but wheels. not too low big wheels yep Oh man, it, it just hits so nice. What's that car behind it? Can you see? Uh, the, it looks
1: like a Ferrari. F- no, it looks like a Ferrari. I can't Mondial what the, or something? Yeah, I think it might be a
0: Mondial or something. Yeah. Something in that vein and stuff. One day we'll actually film this podcast so you can see what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, just look up 91 Jaguar ARDEN AJ6. I'm bringing a trailer if you want to see it for yourself. 6 liter V12. Super Big cool. Big cat. Super cool and now going from (laughs) big cats to little italians this thing i i brought this up this is a 1993 alfred omeo rz another one that didn't sell it bid to fifty did didn't quite make the reserve i brought this up because it's one of the few alphas that i don't like the looks of they really went bold with it well not even that bold just i don't I think it really came out Weird. right to me it's it's the tiny square teeth it's that- very plasticky looking like
1: even down to where you normally have your very traditional alpha triangle s yeah. grill.
0: it's just this is just a cut you know uh it's like a nose cut out yeah yeah the, it, the three square lights it's really it's what's that lotus from then that like the formula drive on the elan what was that the yeah, talking about the Elise, right? No, no, no. There was the, there was a Lotus in the nineties or eighties that was front wheel drive, it had a Yamaha engine in it. I don't remember this, but this sounds wild. It I'm reminds gonna... me of that because it's very you're right, very boxy, very plasticky. It has a lot of slabby surfaces. Yeah. That I'm not. And it was built by Zagato, the famous house, you know of that. Um, but it's just it doesn't. The back's a little bit better. It just doesn't work for me. But the does, side view really.
1: It's like, how do you see me. out of it?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of slanted, but the back
1: end is so much higher. It's got a lot of rake to it, at least how they have yeah. this one set up. But, I mean, it's just it's completely flat. You know, there's no yeah. even... You think about a lot of, like, roadsters and stuff of the day that had a little bit of a hump, you know, almost mm-hmm. a, a roll hoop style thing, and this is just yeah.
0: flat. The, literally, the, the back end of it looks like Remember six those bolsters? boxes. Yeah, It's like really a dentist chair. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, but it, what it does have is the Buso V6, which we touched on in the last oh, yeah. episode. Which is so a great, great great engine. That would make up for some of it. It does have coney adjustable shocks that are probably, if not broken now, they will be. Uh, so those buttons won't do a ton. I'd like to be wrong, but I'm probably not. Uh, so ultimately, oh, it does have an accident on file for moderate damage. Uh, do, you, do they say where it is? Can you scroll up? see do where. I click the Carfax. Yeah, that's good. Let's see. Ontario rear end
1: collision with another damage to rear. Damage yeah, to rear. Yeah, you know, so which which kind of blows
0: my mind because it's like it's just a box back there anyway. It couldn't have been that hard to I, fix. Oh my God, the other car is probably totaled. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, that would certainly be an issue considering if you if you buy the car and you see that it's a subpar job. You know, it's kind of hard to fix a, a very niche Alfa Romeo from the '90s, especially yeah, over one, here in America. I
1: would say this one is number one eighty-four of two hundred eighty-four examples built, imported yeah. from Japan to Canada in twenty ten.
0: So it's rare, but I don't know. In in my case, uh, I I brought it up because it's interesting, but I myself would not bid on this. No, but, no, you know, I. It's, it doesn't do it for me. And aside from the engine, there's to me there's nothing particularly redeeming about this car. But now if you wanna see for yourself, it's it's a ninety three Alfred Omeo R Z on Ring a Trailer. Go ahead it, and look it up. It's yellow. It's can't, a fifty-five K. You really can't miss it. No, you certainly can't. All right, what do you got for me? <gasps> <gasps> oh my god, I didn't even see
1: this. All right, so we're looking at a three oh two powered sixty-nine Jag XKE series oh. two two plus two. Oh, oh. Fun fact, this car was previously owned by John Cena. And it's really, it's an interesting choice. Um, Because you can't see him. So, like, how'd you know who's driving it? It's refined, but it's got a friggin' 302 Ford V8 stuffed in there. Yeah. Three-speed. three-speed auto. auto Once speed auto (laughs) is killing all these really cool cars. But, yeah, go take a look at this thing. Look at that thing. It ends in two hours as of this recording. It's been to 50K. It's... It's black, you know, completely blacked out. It's really it's murdered mean. out. It's murdered out. It's, yeah. It's murked out, as the kids say. <laughs> um,
0: kids of our days. It's day, just,
1: said. it's really, I've actually, oh, met me personally, I've never seen, you know, an XKE stuffed with a, a 302 before or any kind of, you know, um, American big crate V8 or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's really cool. Uh, the, the XKEs or, you know... Uh, at least as, as the Coupes go, they look really interesting to me. They, I um, love them they so much. They have such a weird shape to them, but they're really, really pretty. I mean, their convertible obviously here yeah. are absolutely beautiful. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, this thing just caught my eye just because it's very non-traditional yeah. um, And I think it's interesting. I mean, now, these are
0: essentially f- mid-front-engine cars.
1: Right. No, they, yeah, they're very much front engine. Yeah. Um, so you get all that weight. Well, no, I'm saying the front like front.
0: the weight's behind the axle. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the engine is right behind the axle. So yeah, it's more more mid front engine, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it, it's just kind of it's interesting looking. I'm flushed, it's yeah, the
0: 18, eighteen inch wheels on a oh, on a sixty nine is. And what's great is that there are some purists out there who are just having Crying. a conniption, and I'm like, oh my I'm, god, I'm like fucking cry. It's an awesome car. Listen, do what you want to it, and if you have a problem, take it up with John Cena. Exactly. Well, if you can find him, you can't see him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, no, I want I just that. Think, I think it's really so, cool. So, if you want to look up, uh, let's look up 302 powered 1969 Jaguar XKE, and it's the murdered out one. You can't miss it. Yeah, you really can't. Pretty cool. Last, oh, my God, don't tell me. All last right, minute. last but not least, you're going to love this. I'm sure I am.
1: <gasps> oh,
0: we are looking buddy. at I can hear that car in my oh, head already. Yeah. <laughs> we
1: are looking at a, a Quattro S1 E2 rally car tribute. Oh, yeah. It's a grand tribute, yes, but man, this thing is. Really, really well done. Oh, in Potomac Maryland. Oh, I don't think I've that. Oh, America. it's close to us. Let's buy it. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's do it. It's at sixty five five fifty five with two days to go right now. Six speed sequential. And yeah, so it's S one E T rally car, um turbocharged 2.2, 6 speed sequential. Um oh KW coilovers, Porsche brake components. Interesting, fuel safe. Yeah, this thing is yeah. just is awesome. I mean, I personally have such heart for the Group B era of rally racing. I, think I mean we all do. Oh we all yeah. I mean just those cars were you just have to have
0: a stolen cold heart to not do.
1: Yeah. Those cars were just absolute they were outrageous. Yeah. They were outrageous. That was mm-hmm. like no rules. I mean, we we know, you know yeah, we, we why almost... Group B came to an end because those cars were Outrageous and led to, unfortunately, you know, quite a bit of accidents. Well, I was
0: going to say, we almost saw a Group B style rally today in the pit lane at the end of the race. Yes, we did. but we didn't. So, but uh, anyway, back to the car. Oh, it's it's um, and what I loved about
1: that era in particular is it was that almost no rules, anything goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the bodywork to to the engines. Um, I mean, these things that like you say you. You nailed it. That sound, that just. Well, that, but also that, that five cylinder noise. Yes. Very it's both unique. Both of those things. Yeah. Very, very unique. And uh, I mean, this thing is just built to the absolute nines. So cool. I love just the dash, just flat straight across. Yeah. What else do you, you need? Know, super boxy. Yeah. I mean, you got your, your. It's got a
0: passenger seat, which is
1: great, you know, for your
0: scared uh, co driver.
1: Yes, Perfect. Yeah. got the living daylights out of them. Yep. Fitted with Garrett turbocharger, anti lag system, drive by wire. So this thing probably drives incredible. Yeah. And just an absolute blast. Um, but, I mean, yeah, anything in this vein from the Group B era, you know, be it a real deal or a tribute or even some of the, you know, um, you think about, like, the 205 um, Peugeots and stuff, and then the Renault R5 turbos, you know, all the... Yep. Um, all those cars. Spot. Yeah, all the, all the road-going versions and stuff. Just so cool. I would... R5 turbos, all my bucket list of cars. I would love mm. to own own a rip one of those little yeah, guys. They are really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this thing is just...
0: This does it for me. The first model car that my dad bought for me that I recall like loving a lot was the street version of this car, Uh-huh. in like a light blue. Oh, and yeah. I wish I had kept that model because it was such a sweet model, and that got me onto the whole idea of, you know, the Audi Quattro and Audis in general. And yes. so this car really is sort of a uh, a uh, a, t- a taproot for me. We have found the with Audis, route. yes, callback. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so this ends in two days. It's currently at 65555. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Now, I'm guessing this has to not be street legal.
1: No, it's. I was just reading this bottom part here. It says, you know, car is a vehicle. It does not have a title. Not have as a title. It's not intended for street use. and has not yeah. been registered for
0: the street. Um, it's being sold on a bill of sale. But Man, if you turned up to a... So sometimes Porsche dealerships host cars and coffees. If Audi... Spots did that and turn up in that thing. You're 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 a freaking king. Oh, you're a king. Yeah. I mean, you're a king in any cars and coffee with that thing, really. But man, that's a cool looking car. And I don't see um I don't see a
1: dino um dino sheet here in the mm. gallery. But I saw the guy has have a video posted um with the title of where is it right here. Nine thousand RPM and seven hundred horsepower, oh, five my five a cylinder Ugh, that, Oh yeah. That noise has gotta be insane. Yeah, absolutely. So I I want it. It's not gonna happen, but one can dream. One day,
0: one day. So we do as car guys, we just dream. We dream. Know? We have our bucket list like all you know, all of us do, we all have our automotive bucket list. So. Some folks can dream and buy all in the same day, but yes. good good for them. I'm not jealous at all not salty not <sighs> no salty, really salty. I'm give so all, salty give me all give me all the groupie goodness I'll take it yeah let's let's keep an eye on those two auctions and we'll see yeah. how they go
1: absolutely well we're coming up on time here and uh coming on the last
0: time, corner as you say
1: yeah I'm trying to get away from that yeah I'm really trying I'm gonna recover from uh from bad puns and endings but uh <laughs> I'll find another one but uh thank you guys for joining us until next time bye